It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Refinery29, this is Strong Opinions Loosely Held. I'm Elisa Kreisinger, and on today's show, Childish Games. I'm sleeping over, Dad. All right. Yeah. A little mermaid sheep. All right. Good for you. Why are some memories not worth reliving, even if they're positive ones? I kept thinking about this as I read Vanessa Golombeski's article about her experience getting her favorite childhood game, Dream Phone, released from the Milton Bradley archives. I'll let her tell the story. In the early 90s, Milton Bradley released Dream Phone, a board game targeted at young girls. It was the sleepover activity for me and my friends, since it combined two of our favorite things, boys and talking on the phone. If you need a refresher, here's how you play. There are 24 boyfriend candidates, and one of them has a crush on you. Actually, he has a crush on everyone who's playing. You pull a card with a boy's face and phone number on it, Then call him on the big pink cordless phone, and he gives you a clue about who your secret admirer is. All of these dreamboats have generic names like Bob, Mike, and Phil. The clues they give are in negatives, like, I know where he hangs out. He's not at the beach. He'll eat almost anything except pizza. He looks cool in whatever he wears. He's not wearing a jacket. I know where he hangs out. He's not at the movies. You look around the board to see which boys are hanging out at the movie theater, then cross their names off your list of potential secret admirers. When you're ready to guess who your crush is, you find his face card and call him. If you're right, a resounding male voice will say from the phone, You're right. I really like you. Since this year marks 25 years since Dream Phone entered our lives, I decided it was the perfect time to revisit the game as a grown woman. I mean, as an entertainment writer, it's my duty to investigate nostalgia and provide thoughtful commentary on pop culture. Okay, fine. I just wanted to play it again, and so did everyone I work with. My biggest regret in this life is ditching Dream Phone when I became too cool to play it anymore. And first of all, you should know that if you're looking to track down a Dream Phone, you're going to have to pay a pretty hefty price. It currently goes for about 115 bucks on eBay and 250 bucks on Amazon. And since I couldn't really justify spending hundreds on story research, I tracked down a very nice woman at Milton Bradley, which is now Hasbro, who said she would check the company's archive. And sure enough, there was a lonely dream phone just languishing in a corner, waiting for me to get weird with it. She agreed to loan me the game for the purpose of my story. I spent a couple of weeks playing with it, petrified I would somehow set it on fire, ruining the memories of millennial woman everywhere. Who, who, who's got a crush on you? Hello, hugs. It's 
electronic game with the talking phone to win cool guys, get clues, figure out which guy really likes you. Once Dream Phone arrived at the Refinery29 offices, I recruited beauty editor and zero bullshit human Maria Del Russo to play a few rounds with me and keep me honest in my assessments. I cannot find the words to express the thrill we felt and the noises we made when we opened the box, put batteries in that huge pink phone, and heard the dial tone signaling our secret admirer adventure was ready to begin. The first round was exhilarating. We shouted, it's like a sleepover in a conference room. Maria Snapchatted it, documenting our first game with her iPhone. But by the middle of the second game, I admit I felt over it. It made me feel warm and fuzzy from my childhood, while simultaneously reminding me that I'm sadly no longer a kid. Here are the key thoughts Maria and I had while playing Dreamphone as adults. 1. Why do all players have the same secret admirer? Doesn't that kind of pit women against each other for the affection of the same man? Meanwhile, this guy has girls chasing him down left and right. 2. Newsflash. Not all girls want to date boys. 3. These guys aren't really that hot, with the exception of Dan and Steve, who honestly could call me today if they wanted. Four, what age are these guys anyway? I mean, Carlos looks like he could be my dad, while Bruce looks like someone's smarmy 12-year-old little brother. Five, it's more fun if you help each other along the way. We were pretty much sharing secrets the entire time and correcting each other when we were wrong. Like, no, Phil explicitly said the secret admirer wasn't wearing a hat. Finally, we would 100% not date any of these guys today. Can you imagine dating a guy who only listed things he doesn't like or places he doesn't hang out? He'll eat almost anything except pizza. It's like that guy on Tinder who makes his entire profile about things he isn't looking for. It's so negative. Plus, this guy doesn't eat pizza? That's a deal breaker. We like pizza. As a kid, I never thought twice about the actual plot of Dreamphone or any subtext it may have been teaching me. My parents never expressed concern either. But replaying the game as an adult, I can see that it's not exactly perfect and probably wouldn't fly with many of today's parents. No wonder it's been discontinued. Playing it again, it didn't erase the amazing memories I have from the 90s, but it was kind of jarring. Maria and I were unable to separate the criticisms of our adult minds from the simpler pleasure we took from it when we were just teenage girls having fun. We kept saying things like, it's so heteronormative, and why is almost everyone white? And that was the hardest part. Playing Dreamphone in a conference room of my office building confirmed my greatest fear. We think we want 90s items to come back, but they ultimately disappoint upon their return. Despite how much fun Maria and I had calling fictional boys— We weren't 12-year-olds in our pajamas at a sleepover on a Friday night. We were grown-ups at a table, wearing adult-sized clothing. It was 3 p.m. on a weekday. Nothing was the same. Our dream phone wishes satisfied, we packed up the board, the notepad of clues, and its tiny face cards of teenage boys. And now I get why it lived in the archives. Why we shouldn't have disturbed its memory in the first place. You can sock all day and pop all night.
most people will tell you that the golden age of television is The Sopranos, Mad Men, and Breaking Bad. But for so many millennial women, it was the 90s, where teenage women reigned. We gravitated to the women who addressed us directly, who broke down the fourth wall, and who showed us what it was like to be confident, smart, and independent women. Lisa, you're never going to get a husband by being sarcastic. Right? No husband. So it's kind of obvious why we want to go back to the 90s. We want to see our potential. We want to find ourselves now, just like we did then. I think that we revisit things from the 90s or whatever you're feeling nostalgic about because you miss it. You miss that time or that feeling. You know, like when a song comes on and you're like, ooh, this takes me back, like middle school dance. You want to be back because it's almost like, what would I have done differently or what would I have reminded myself like you just like want it back, but it's never the way it used to be. So it's like it sucks growing up, but it's probably best to just try and remember those times than to revisit them. I think that sometimes our memories are better kept like where they were. You can find like a feminist agenda or a sexist agenda if you really search for it. But what I think is that you just shouldn't search for it at all. You know, just let it be. This is what it was kind of thing. It's a game that I played at sleepovers and it's just permanently ingrained in my memory. And why only at sleepovers did you play it? I'm asking because like I went to my friend Lauren DeGeorge's house and she had the game. I didn't have the game. (laughs) I like that you talk about her right now as Lauren DeGeorge's because that's probably what you said to your mom. I'm going to Lauren DeGeorge's house. (laughs) Like you couldn't just say my friend Lauren. And Um, I had to call her when I got there. Yeah, exactly. My introduction to Dreamphone was from girlfriends that I had. I don't think of that time as a time filled with anxiety or peer pressure or whatever. You know, it it was very natural and carefree thing to do. Do you remember the importance of having your own phone line as a kid? I never Be- got one. Well, DJ Tanner had her own phone line, and I believe her phone was one of those like see-through ones where you could see all the gears yeah yeah that's all i wanted which so that was another reason that dream phone was appealing because it was like oh my god my own phone independence cordless baby cordless yes the cordless was a big factor Mm -hmm. and like i remember i got my own phone but it wasn't my own line like i got a phone in my room oh that sucks yeah (laughs) it really it was um yeah it was a compromise is what my parents said right well not really no the (laughs) illusion of a just a way for them to eavesdrop on you i guess lauren de george however did have her own phone line she had everything and a cordless phone but every time she was on aol i.e. the internet, mm-hmm. her phone would be a busy signal. Like, oh, so she had internet through her phone line. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is really a choice you have to make. Like, yeah. am I going to talk to the world or am I going to talk to one person? Right. You've got mail. Even though the game is perhaps flawed for modern times I do want to remember that feeling of not having to care so much about everything all the time like maybe it's okay to just enjoy a game that's about calling boys that's dumb but it's fun and it would also be nice to think about like if that was my biggest concern at the time like am I going to see my friends and whatever it does kind of put into perspective the kind of things that you spend so much time thinking about now. 
Vanessa had strong opinions about 90s nostalgia. And now I want to hear yours. Tweet me at popcultpirate with your opinions, and please make sure to use the hashtag SOLH. That stands for Strong Opinions Loosely Held. Please subscribe to Strong Opinions Loosely Held on iTunes and rate us while you're there. You can find an interview with me about this episode along with other episodes and stuff that we left on the cutting room floor, other additional insights and information, all at refinery29.com. Our show today was produced by me, Elisa Kreisinger, for Refinery29. It was edited by Caitlin Pierce. We recorded with Paul Ruest. And we will see you back here on Monday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.